Radio Theater Project, Theater of the Mind for Today. Comedies and dramas, mysteries and science fiction, old stories and new. Radio Theater Project, Theater of the Mind for Today. Future Past, radio adaptations from the golden age of science fiction. This time presenting Diplomatic Immunity by Robert Sheckley. Sheckley was known for his darkly humorous science fiction. This story, written in 1953, is about an alien ambassador who has an offer for mankind, one that may be hard to refuse. Now, Diplomatic Immunity, adapted for radio by Joseph McGuire. Mr. President, why meet outside? Because I enjoy the out-of-doors more than I do indoors. It's kind of stuffy in the White House. Besides, despite what the CIA says, I dare not trust the White House when it comes to our discussion. Sir, how can I be of service? Did you know that we have a visitor from outer space? Excuse me, sir? A what? Oh, don't look at me like that. Not a madman. I know it sounds mad, but I can tell you it's not. Yes, sir. How come we haven't heard of this, um, visitor? The visitor landed in a ship on the White House garden, crushing the petunias. The First Lady wasn't happy about that. Anyway, no one seemed to see the ship land. It just appeared. When did this happen? Oh, a few days ago. What do you want me to do? I'm afraid the visitor is on a special mission. And that is? You'll find that out when you read the file. Why the Army instead of the State Department? Because we need what the Army usually supplies, a certain amount of ruthlessness to our enemies. Thank you, and good luck. Harrison, tell me about this room. We call this Central Control. Here we monitor the Ambassador's room with monitor screens and recording equipment. I'll be handling the recording equipment. Thank you, Harrison. Professor Derrick. Look at him. He's so human. Since this goes against scientific orthodoxy, we're pretty sure that it is some elaborate disguise. Ever since he landed in his spaceship in the White House garden, your scientists have been examining him and you don't know? He's a conundrum. He calls himself an ambassador. So until now, the State Department has been in the lead. Then why did they send an army colonel to talk with him? Because the army usually gets the dirty jobs. Well, let's go and talk to the man. Hello, Mr. Ambassador. I'm Colonel Cersei. This is Professor Derrick. Well, uh, welcome to my, um, room. How may I serve you? The President has put me in charge of your case. I've studied Professor Derrick's reports, but I'd like to hear the whole thing for myself. Of course. I've come as an ambassador at large, representing an empire that stretches halfway across the galaxy. I wish to extend the welcome of my people and to invite you to join our organization. I see. Some of the scientists got the impression that participation was compulsory. You will join. How did you find us? We ambassadors at large are each assigned an unexplored section of space. We examine each star system in that region for planets, and each planet for intelligent life. Intelligent life is rare in the galaxy, you know. I see. 
and when we find such a planet, we land, as I did, and prepare the inhabitants for their part in our organization. How will your people know that you have found intelligent life? Well, there is a sending mechanism which is part of our structure. It is triggered when we reach an inhabited planet. Well, this signal is beamed continually into space to an effective range of uh, several thousand light years. Several thousand light years, eh? Yes. Then follow-up crews are continually sweeping through the limits of the reception area of each ambassador, listening for such messages, detecting one a colonizing team follows it to the planet. Sure. Would you tell me more about this message? There isn't much more you need to know. The beam is not detectable by your methods and therefore cannot be jammed. The message continues as long as I'm alive. If you stopped broadcasting, our planet would never be found. Not until this section of space were resurveyed. Very well. As a duly appointed representative of the President of the United States, I ask you to stop transmitting. We don't choose to become part of your empire. I'm sorry, there's really nothing I can do. Then you won't stop? I can't. I have no control over the sending, once it's activated. However, I have a philosophy for you. It's my duty, as your ambassador, to ease the shock of the transition as much as possible. This philosophy will make it instantly apparent that... Welcome back to Central Control, Colonel. Professor, I was watching the whole thing on the cameras in the ambassador's room. Nice shooting, Colonel. Thanks, Harrison. Well, it didn't work. And my ears are still ringing. <laughs> Had to try. And that's why the army man is in charge. Mally, did you get everything recorded? Of course. Want me to play it back? Yes. Here it is, just after he reappeared. You didn't think it would be as easy as all that, did you? We ambassadors have necessarily a certain diplomatic immunity. Stop. Funny how he fingers the bullet holes. Continue. In case you don't understand, let me put it this way. It is not in your power to kill me. Good day, gentlemen. Stop it. After that, we came here to Central Control. It was illogical to expect it would work. No race would send an ambassador with a message like that and expect him to live through it. Unless... Unless what? Unless he had a pretty effective defense. Look at him in the monitor. He just sits there typing undisturbed by what just happened. Might as well try phase two. Harrison, set it up. Yes, sir. Now, sir. Yes, now. Keep the flames going. His room was set up as a death trap. The room won't be destroyed, but hopefully our friend will be. Won't work, Colonel. Maybe. Okay, switch it off. Right, sir. Fascinating. Good grief. He's still there. Well, uh, could you get me another computer? This one is melted. I'm setting down a philosophy for you ungrateful wretches. A lemonade, Colonel? No, thank you, sir. Oh, you're missing something good. Well, never mind. I read your report so far. Not good, is it? No, sir. The ambassador talked about colonization and an empire? Yes, Mr. President. Those were his exact words. We can't have this, can we? Aliens landing on a foreign shore? That sure didn't work out for the Indians, did it? 
No, sir. Then you must do your duty and find a way to kill that thing. Yes, sir. If that's your order. It is. Have a seat. This conference room is for our planning sessions. Now then, the government has dropped this squarely in our laps. We have to kill the ambassador. Obviously, I've been put in charge. What are the three of us doing here? I've selected you three as my staff. We can have anything we want, any assistance or advice we need. All right. Any ideas? How about plan three? We'll get to that. But I don't believe it's going to work. I don't either. We don't even know the nature of his defense. That's the first order of business. Mally, take all our data so far and get someone to feed it into the Derrickman analyzer. You know the stuff we want. What properties has X if X can do thus and thus? Right. Harrison, is plan three set up? Sure. Let's go give it a try. Why did you pick the three of us? Harrison is a top flight engineer. He can create anything we need. Mally is a good psychiatrist and maybe that will be the answer. And me? Don't be modest. You're the country's top mathematical physicist. You've also got a curious mind, which has come up with some interesting theories in other fields. He is an interesting intellectual problem. Reminds me of the metal old man. The what? Well, he was a monster covered with black metal armor. He was met by Monster Slayer, an Apache culture hero. Monster Slayer, after many attempts, finally killed Metal Old Man. How how did he do it? Shot him in the armpit. He didn't have any armor there. (laughs) Fine. Ask our ambassador to raise his arm. Colonel, all set. Fine. Go. It's been five hours. Maybe it's worked. The gamma radiation we flooded the room with is down to low levels. Harrison, any output from the analyzer? Not yet, Professor. We can add this bit of data to the analysis. Look at the monitor. He's back. I'm still waiting for that computer. Well, I'm glad you gentlemen joined me in my room. I'm sorry I can't offer you anything. Through an oversight, I haven't been given any food or water for about ten days. Not that it matters, of course. Though I'm glad you gave me that computer. Happy to hear it. You've got quite a defense there. Glad you like it. For the last ten days, we have tried everything from bacteria to stone axes. Would you mind telling us how it works? Don't you know? We think so. You become what is attacking you. Is that right? Certainly. You see, I have no secrets from you. Is there anything we can give you to get you to turn off that signal? A bribe? Sure. Anything you... Nothing. Look, be reasonable. You don't want to cause a war, do you? Earth is united now. We're arming... With what? Atom bombs, hydrogen bombs, were Drop one on me. It wouldn't kill me. What makes you think that it'll have any effect on my people? Oh? But perhaps you wondered if my powers are typical. I don't mind telling you that they're not. 
In order for me to do my job and nothing more, I have certain built-in restrictions, making me capable only of passive action. Why? For obvious reasons. If I were to take positive action in a moment of anger, I might destroy your entire planet. Do you expect us to believe that? Why not? Is it so hard to understand? Can't you believe that there are forces you know nothing about? And that there is another reason for my passiveness? Do tell. The pattern is always the same. An ambassador lands and delivers his message to a high-spirited, wild young race like yours. There is a frenzied resistance against him, spasmodic attempts to kill him. After all these fail, the people are usually crestfallen. When the colonization team arrives, their indoctrination goes along just that much faster. Colonization team? I thought you were just going to bring us into your empire. Tut tut, mere words. What's puzzling is most planets are more interested in the philosophy I have to offer. I assure you, it will make the transition far easier. You keep talking about this philosophy. What about it? Well, here it is. Thanks. I'll look at it later, when I have time. I suggest you give it a try. You must be near the crisis point by now. Why not give it up? Not yet. We have to go now. Don't forget to read the philosophy. Harrison, is the gas ready? Just about. This gas will put him into a subconscious state. Sort of like when a person comes out of anesthesia. Might say anything. He might tell us something that will be helpful. Okay. Release the gas. Done. He hasn't recognized the gas. So far, so good. Just as we discussed, the slow attack is not triggering his defenses. Launch the lightning attack. He disappeared. Now he's back. What was that for? To distract him from our subtle attack. He's put his book down, staring into nowhere. That is exactly the state we want him in. Perfect. Well, of course Alfred had to die sometime. No immortality yet. But that way, no defense. Out there in space, they just pop up. Always there, underneath. Just waiting for a chance to boil out. His body isn't reacting to the hypnotic as a menace yet. Well, the regularizing principle has been doing pretty well, keeping it all down ruling out the inconsistencies. Why? He's left the trance. Clever. That's the first time that particular trick has been played on me. And the last time. But, people, it didn't do you any good. I don't know myself how to go about killing me. Besides, Damn. colonizing team must have the directions now. They'll find you with or without me. That does it. He's not invulnerable. Something killed his friend, Alfern. Something out in space. I wonder what it was. Let me see. The regularizing principle. That must be a natural law we knew nothing about. And underneath. What would be underneath? Remember, he said the colonization team would find us anyhow. First things first. He might have been bluffing us. No, I don't suppose so. We still have to get the ambassador out of the way. I think I know what is underneath. 
This is wonderful. A new cosmology, perhaps. What is it? Anything we can use? I think so, but let me work it out. I think I'll go back to my hotel room. I have some books there I want to check, and I don't want to be disturbed for a few hours. All right, but what... No, no, I could be wrong. Let me work it out. What do you think she's driving at? Beats me. That guy is going to drive me nuts. He just sits with that stupid grin. He has a right to grin. No matter what we've done to him, it hasn't hurt a bit. I give up. Yeah? I've got it. I really think this is it. Look, I'm taking a cab right down. Tell Harrison to find some helpers. What is it? The chaos underneath. Hello? Hello? Professor? Hello, hell. I've been standing by this elevator for ages. What kept you? On the way over, I read the Ambassador's philosophy. It's quite a work. Is that what took you so long? Yes. I had the driver take me around the park a few times while I was reading it. Skip it. How about... I can't skip it. I'm afraid we were wrong. About the aliens, I mean, it's perfectly right and proper that they should rule us. As a matter of fact... I wish they'd hurry up and get here. Get a hold of yourself! It's hard to explain. Everything came clear as soon as I started reading it. I saw how stupid we were, trying to be independent in this interdependent universe. I saw... Oh, look, Cersei, let's stop all this foolishness and accept the Ambassador as our friend. Calm down. You don't know what you're saying. It's strange. I know how I felt. I just don't feel that way anymore. I think. Anyhow, I know your trouble. You haven't read the philosophy. You'll see what I mean once you read it. Give me those papers. It doesn't matter. I've got it memorized. Just listen. Axiom 1. All people... You, Corporal, take this woman to detention. You hit her? She was babbling nonsense. Something about axioms. It was like it took her over. The philosophy must use semantically keyed words. They're designed to set off certain reactions in us, I suppose. All the ambassador does is alter the philosophy to suit the peoples he's dealing with. Look, Mally. This is your job now. Derek knows, or thought she knew, the answer. You have to get that out of her. That won't be easy. She'd feel that she was betraying everything she believes in now, if she were to tell us. I don't care how you get it, just get it. Even if it kills Derek? Even if it kills you. (sighs) It's midnight. That thing doesn't sleep. All it does is sit there. What do you figure the ambassador is? Is it human? Looks like one but it doesn't act like one. I wonder if this is its true shape. Everything about the Ambassador is capable of change. There must be some unifying force that retains its personality. Something that doesn't change, no matter what contortions he goes through. Like a piece of string? Sure. Tie it in knots, weave a rope out of it, 
wind it around your finger, it's still string. Yeah. But how do you attack a pattern? Damn, I'm tired. <sighs> to hell with the ambassador and his hordes of colonists. I'm just gonna close my eyes for a moment. Wake up, Colonel. It's morning. <clears throat> what? Huh? Morning? Oh, it's you, Mally. Did you get anything from Derek? Not a thing. The philosophy must have had quite an effect on her. But it didn't work all the way. Derek knew that she had wanted to kill the ambassador, and for good and sufficient reasons. Although she felt differently now, she still had the feeling that she was betraying us. On the one hand, she couldn't hurt the ambassador. On the other, she wouldn't hurt us. Won't she tell anything? I'm afraid it's not that simple. You know, if you have an insurmountable obstacle that must be surmounted, and also, I think the philosophy had an injurious effect on her mind. What are you trying to say? I'm sorry, there wasn't a damn thing I could do. Derek fought the whole thing out in her mind, and when she couldn't fight any longer, she retreated. I'm afraid she's hopelessly disassociative. Let's go see her. Harrison! What? what? Keep an eye on that thing. The Ambassador. I'll be back. Here's my psych lab. Here she is. Is there any way of curing her? Shock therapy, maybe. It'll take a long time, and she'll probably block out everything that had to do with producing this. Damn it. The aliens must have got the signal by now. Blast! What are we going to do? I don't know. Derg, why did you have to read that damn philosophy? Hey, what's this piece of paper? Oh, she was doodling. Is there anything written on it? Hmm. Um, upon further consideration, I can see that Chaos and the Gorgon Medusa are closely related. What does that mean? I don't know. She was always interested in folklore. Uh, upon further consideration, I can see that Chaos and the Gorgon Medusa are closely related. Hmm. Isn't it possible that she was trying to give us a clue? Trying to trick herself into giving and not giving at the same time? It's possible. An unsuccessful compromise. But what could it mean? Chaos. That's what she said on the phone. That was the original state of the universe in Greek myth, wasn't it? The formlessness out of which everything came? Something like that. And Medusa was one of those three sisters with the horrible faces. Mm. Chaos. Medusa. And the organizing principle. Of course. I think... What in heavens is he going to do now? What are we doing in the electronics lab? You'll see. And Mally, put down that hypodermic. I haven't cracked. Now, are you all right? Tension and sleep deprivation can make the mind snap. I'm fine, Mally. We're all set now. Finished, Harrison? Just about. That was the quickest fabrication job I ever did. Will you tell me what this is? Me too. I don't mean to be secretive. I'm just in a hurry. I'll explain as we go along. Okay. Let's go see the Ambassador. 
Harrison, use the lightning. Keep it continuous. Now he's a part of the stream of electrons, right? That's what he told us. But still keeping his pattern within the stream. He has to, in order to get back into his own shape. Now we start the first disruptor. Harrison! Right. Done. Here this screen shows the electron stream. See the difference? There is an irregular series of peaks and valleys, constantly shifting and leveling. Do you remember when you hypnotized the ambassador? He talked about his friend who had been killed in space. That's right. His friend had been killed by something that had just popped up. He said something else. He told us that the basic organizing force of the universe usually stops things like that. What does that mean to you? Hmm, organizing force. Didn't Derek say that that was a new natural law? She did. But think of the implications, as Derek did. If an organizing principle is engaged in some work, there must be something that opposes it. That which opposes organization is... Chaos! That's what Derek thought, and what we should have seen. The chaos is underlying, and out of it there arose an organizing principle. This principle, if I've got it right, sought to suppress the fundamental chaos to make all things regular. Interesting. But the chaos still boils out in spots, as Alfred found out. Okay, Harrison, throw in the second disruptor. Right. Take Derek's message in light of that. Chaos, we know, is underlying. Everything was formed out of it. Derek found a relationship between chaos and that which can't be looked upon. All with regard to the ambassador, of course. The ambassador can't look upon chaos. That's it. The ambassador is capable of an infinite number of alterations and permutations. But something, the Matrix, can't change. Because then there would be nothing left. To destroy something as abstract as a pattern, we need a state in which no pattern is possible. A state of chaos. Switching on the third set of oscillations. Those disruptors are Harrison's creations. I told him I wanted an electrical current with absolutely no coherent pattern. Sounds like screaming of the banshees. <laughs> I know. The disruptors are an extension of radio jamming. The first alters the electrical pattern. That's its purpose, to produce a state of patternlessness. The second tries to destroy the pattern left by the first. The third tries to destroy the pattern made by the first two. They're fed back then, and any remaining pattern is systematically destroyed. I hope. This is supposed to produce a state of chaos? Switch off. We don't want too much chaos. Off. In the ambassador's room, there's a ball of light crackling. What is it? That's chaos. What's it going to do? Keep getting bigger until it... There was a calculated risk in all this. There's always the possibility that the chaos may go on, unchecked. If that happens, it won't matter much what... It, it's shrinking! Oh, I'm glad of that. The organizing principle at work. The ball removed all the air from the room, as well as the furniture and the ambassador. He couldn't take it. He's gone to join Alfern. Take it easy. We're not through yet. Sure we are. The ambassador's dead. Yes. The ambassador's out of the way. But there's still an alien fleet homing in on this region of space. A fleet so strong we couldn't scratch it with an H-bomb. They'll be looking for us. Hell, you're right. Go home and get some sleep. 
something tells me that tomorrow we're going to have to start figuring out some way of camouflaging the planet. This has been Future Past, radio adaptations from the golden age of science fiction, presenting Diplomatic Immunity by Robert Sheckley, adapted for radio by Joseph McGuire. In the cast were Brad Hendricks as Colonel Cersei, Joanna Bruno as Professor Derrick, Reed Thompson as Psychiatrist Malley, Roy Nessel as The Ambassador, and Edward Romero as the electrical engineer Harrison. I'm your announcer, Janice Gage. Future Past theme by Jason Shaw at audionautics.com. Script editor, Walker Wooding. Edited by Jay Charles. Directed by Susan Herrick. Produced by Joseph C. McGuire. Recorded at KSVR Studios. This has been a Radio Theater Project presentation. This has been Radio Theater Project, an anthology of modern radio theater, presented by KSVR Studios. This program is supported with a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.